Uh, good afternoon, and thank you all for joining us here today for the webinar. Um, we, we've really got a, a lot of participants, so thank you for responding at that very short notice. Um, and obviously today we're going to talk about Wilson Asset Management, the Leaders Fund. The logic of having this webinar is because a lot of people, you know, we've had a lot of interest since we sent out the first invitation uh, to the Roadshow, which, um, you know, obviously you can go to our website and get all those details. Uh, and also there was an article in the Fin Review. obviously, um, you know, they, they uh, got access to that invitation uh, and wrote up what we're doing. So we've had a lot of, a lot of questions and we thought, look, the easiest way, we're gonna, we look forward to seeing you all on the Roadshow and we'll go through incredible detail with you on the Roadshow and it really does run for a, you know, the, the Roadshow, we've got a good um, hour and a half. Um, so any questions that you have, um, you know, you know, please come along and feel free to ask. The, in terms of what we're talking about today, again, you know, just a disclaimer, the advice we're giving is general. Um, there'll be myself uh, and, and of the half the um, WAM leaders team or Wilson Asset Management team are here, we'll be uh, here to answer any questions you've got. Uh, and that's uh, Matt and John and, um, and Anna and Haley. Um, you know, they're um, obviously you know, continue to manage the portfolio. Camilla, on our comm side, she'll be um, asking any questions. So please, the whole idea of this is to have it as interactive as we can. Um, and any any questions you, you have, even if you think they, you know, they might be, you know, you know very you know, basic questions, you know, please, you know, please ask them um, because then we all get the best out of it. In terms of you know, Wilson Asset Management, go back 20, well, the 1st of January uh, 1998 was when the first fund um, you know, that uh, you know, I set up, and that was the Wilson Asset Management Equity Fund. And that was to buy undervalued growth companies when we could see a catalyst that's going to change the valuation, otherwise sitting cash. And the focus then was was really trying to look at you know, the smaller companies, so... Um, you know, to find those undervalued growth companies. And that was an open-ended fund, similar to the one we'll be talking about today. That's the Wilson Asset Management uh, Leaders Trust. Um, yeah, just the, the same structure where it's not traded on a stock market. You get in an NTA and you get out of NTA. And then uh, about a year and a half into you know, managing that money for the first fund, uh, I wanted to do a listed investment company. And the first one we did was WAM Capital. Um, and, you know, since then we've floated a number of other listed investment companies. Now we manage eight listed investment companies, uh, you know, over five billion of assets for 130-odd thousand investors. Uh, now, we floated WAM leaders back in uh, about seven years ago uh, in uh, 2016 and the logic of WAM leaders was to focus on the top 200 and to perform while investing there. And you look at the performance, it really has been first class. So uh, congratulations, Matt, Johnny, and your teams you know, for what you've been able to achieve for shareholders over there. Um, and pretty much since we floated that, we've been having people asking us you know, that, that aren't necessarily invested in the listed investment company space, uh, can we get access to this? And, and more so, you know, some of the 
uh, high net worth individuals, some of the um, financial planners that w- would like to put you know, 20, 30, 50 million dollars you know, in into this strategy. Um, and and we, we've up until we've decided it hasn't been right until just recently. And uh, the the fund is going to open um, open for subscriptions on the third of October, and you have till the end of October uh, to for the money to go in um, before we you know, before we set the first um, first close. That will be at the end of October. Then it'll be the end of each month after that if you're putting money in or or, or taking it out. So. Um, so that's that's the logic. You know, why are we um, increasing, you know, the um, the, the size of the of the leaders' pool, and Matt'll Matt'll take you through that. Uh, but what I've noticed is, you know, since we've been in that listed investment company space, and, and when we floated WAM leaders, that was after Perpetual floated their uh, LIC pick, and Investors Mutual floated their LIC QV equities. Um, and up until that time, we probably had 20 financial planners that you know, we had contact with, which are investors in our products. Um, and when we floated um, WAM Leaders, we ended up with 42 new financial planners uh, that we really hadn't had access to before. And they ended up being big supporters of WAM Leaders. Now we've got about 400 financial planners. Uh, and the interesting thing is there's about 16,000 financial planners in Australia uh, and so listed investment companies are only a very small portion of that market. By opening up um, this new product, you know, which will obviously a- appeal to um, a-, a lot of the financial planners that don't invest in listed investment companies, uh, then we think there's a real opportunity for us to um, convince them of the benefit of listed investment companies. So you know, Matt will talk about a number of the benefits, but one of the benefits I see is this will actually help all the listed investment companies uh, that, that we manage, uh, and, and we've and we've seen that because when uh, I know one fund manager, sorry, one investment um, professional, our financial planner, who put some money in um, the perpetual lick, and they uh, and then ended up putting it in WAM leaders, uh, has you know, more than half of the money that he manages now are in the various WAM uh, products. So what I might do now is, Matt, I'll pass over to you who can just take you through the the, the other operational benefits of uh, this structure, this new structure we're looking at. Sure. Thanks, Jeff. And um, thank you to, for everyone joining the call today. Um, I guess reiterating what Jeff said there, like, you know, the impact to WAM leaders, um, we see is only a positive development from this. We actually uh, can't see a negative um, outcome from launching the trust. But... I guess from from managing the money point of view, for John and myself, it's really important to have scale in this uh, business. And in the large cap space, you know, some of the companies we own, you know, have market caps, you know, upwards of fifty billion to a hundred billion dollars. And um, you know, when we buy shares in these companies, we really need to um, have a meaningful um, holding in these companies to get access to management. So, um, what this does is, if we open the trust is allow our pool of money to increase, which gives us uh, more access. And just for an example, back in the day, when we launched WAM Leaders, we had about $400 million, as Jeff said, at the IPO. When we go and see companies, um, you know, like major banks and the like and, and miners, we our holdings were very small and we struggled for access at the start. 
And as we've got bigger, that access has improved a lot. So we think doing the trust is an incredibly great development for the whole group even, um, but also WAM leaders' shareholders. We think that's going to be a really good development for WAM leaders, the LIC shareholders. So I, I guess also when, when we look at WAM leaders, the listed investment company, sometimes financial planners would invest in us and then when they exit the WAM leaders um, LIC, they would put pressure on those uh, on the share price for a couple of weeks as they exited. So we think as they move to the trust or, or access to trust, we think that will uh, could alleviate some of that pressure on the share price when they do exit. So we think that's a welcome development. Also, um, it's, as Jeff said, you know, WAM leaders have been going for seven years and um, quite often we go around and see financial planners and they say, hey, we like the Wilson Asset Management Group, we like the WAM Leaders products, but for us, we just can't invest in it because of the liquidity. Because um, if they were going to place their clients in WAM Leaders, um, they would need twenty to thirty million dollars, and to do that on market would be, you know, a huge task. So they it was actually a hurdle for them to invest. So again, like this this product, the WAM Leaders Trust, is very specific to a certain type of. Um, a holder, more of a financial planner or people that like, um, you know, trust structures. And I, I guess that's an important um, point to make is the outcome of this, um, the process is exactly the same. So the both funds will have the same investment portfolio or just mirror each other, but the outcome is a lot different. So within the listed investment company, the dividends are stable and, and growing over time. Um, within the listed investment account, uh, the the trust, sorry, the profit is uh, really the driver of the uh, distribution. So um, the distributions will be a little bit more erratic than the the LIC. So I, I guess that's an important uh, point to make as well. But overall, um, as Jeff said, well, there's about you know sixteen thousand planners out there. We're going to use this as an opportunity as well is to explain how listed investment companies work to an audience that probably hasn't had much participation in listed investment companies. So we think um, that will be a really important point, which will help the overall group as well as education is um, raised around listed investment companies. So um, we'll be going out on a roadshow, a national roadshow, so myself and John um, and some of the Wilson Asset Management team members but we're coming along. Um, we're going to present across, um, you know, Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, Brisbane and Sydney. Um, and on that, um, those coming to the roadshow, we're going to do a really deep dive into how we're positioning the portfolio at the moment, you know, give an update around the macro backdrop you know, and some of these companies that we're adding to the, the portfolio right now because we're seeing a, a huge amount of opportunities as um, this recent weakness has, has pushed some valuations down. So, um, for those coming along, it's going to be a really um, good session and we're going to have a real big deep dive into um, how we're seeing things at the moment. So uh, we hope to see you there. Um, also, we'll be uh, putting out um, the PDS um, to people that are um, that fit within the, the target uh, that can invest in the WAM Leaders Trust. So um, be sure to watch out for information regarding that. So um, probably keep it there for um, the formality part of the um the presentation and like always um, we welcome uh, questions and and, um, and I'll throw back to Camilla now who will share that. 
And and just before just before we go there, Matt, just uh, I just wanted to start off. I know there's you know, a few people. We've been speaking to various shareholders that have called up and, and investors. Um, and, and there's I think there's a little bit of confusion about um, you know what impact this will have on WAM leaders. Yeah, you know, from and from my perspective, the new trust, the it'll just have po- a positive impact. And the interesting thing is. Since we've actually invited, um, you know, sent out the invitations to come along to this presentation, like WAM Leaders was trading in, you know, the day it was sent out about a 4.4% premium and now WAM Leaders, the actual premiums increased uh, to close to an 8% premium. And for those that are on the call, you know, with a bit of grey hair, I remember, you know, 20-odd years ago, Platinum, you know, with their LIC, um, that was trading at a 25% premium in NTA. Uh, well, you could get into the funded NTA. And another example of you know, a different group of investors looking at different products. Um, and as I tried to mention earlier, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that focus on you know, um, open-ended funds and, and only a small subset look at listed investment companies. Um, you look at Plato, that's a live example. You, know, you can actually invest in the LIC and, and that's trading at a 20% premium in NTA. Or you could go and put your money in the fund and there you're getting in and out of NTA. So it's just a different group of investors. They want, you know, as, you, as you mentioned, Matt, you know, they're looking for the LIC investor wants the, you know, the growing stream of fully frank dividends you know, regularly where the trust investor, you know, he gets his returns, but he gets his returns on whatever realised returns they are on an annual basis and they can be lumpy. You know, they could get a big you know, 20 or 30% uh, distribution one year and it might be only a couple of percent the year after. So to me, um, I think it's just worthwhile. They're just a couple of points that probably wanted to set the scene with. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Jeff. We'll start with the first question that's come through from Cathy. She's asked if Wilson Asset Management will likely be starting any other unlisted funds through small caps, global or alternative assets. Well, I'll start with that. The um, the the answer. Well, if you look at, I can probably go through the various segments. The um, mids and small caps, we're pretty much full on capacity there in the listed investment company uh, and companies that we're managing. The WAM Capitals, the WAM Microcaps, etc. So the plan wouldn't be to have um, you know, to create a far, uh, an open ended fund in those. Uh, in terms of um, alternates or global, uh, that could be a potential because it's all about, um, you know, I think Matt and Johnny, you know, you've got to remember WAM leaders investing the top 200 companies and they think that their capacity to, you know, to perform at their peak um, is probably three or $4 billion. Um, so when we get to that, you know, then, you know, then effectively, you know, yeah, we we won't grow that product anymore, um, and it just depends you know, on the various other you know, investment opportunities whether it makes sense to um, grow those products. So yeah, it's still early days for us. Um, we have no plans for any others uh, except this. Um, now, obviously, like everything I've found in in business, you you see how this performs. Yeah, you know, we. Yeah, uh, you know, my guess is that we'll get probably half a billion to a billion. Yeah, you know, over the next period. Yeah, you know, then whether it's next year or next two years, uh, and that'll give us a nice critical mass. 
yeah, in that large cap space. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Matt, maybe this one is for you. It's from George. Will the fund replicate exactly the portfolio of WAM leaders, the LIC? If not, how will it differ? Yeah. Uh, good question, George, there. Um, it will mirror the WAM leaders' portfolio. So um, the way we run the money is we'll just allocate between the funds and just make sure that they replicate each other as close as possible. There could be, you know, rounding issues on a few, but, like, it'd be really marginal and you wouldn't see it in the uh, performance. So, um, yeah, it would be a complete mirror of each other. It's really, as Jeff pointed out there, the, the outcome of the fund is the differing factor here with the lick being the stable dividends and the trust being the more uh, volatile distributions. Thanks, Matt. Jeff, back to you. This one's from Peter. He said, will there be franking credits attached to any distributions? And if so, at what percentage? It's his understanding that 100% of any profits made must be distributed. So what happens in a year where there's no profit? Well, there's a number of parts. A great question and a number of parts to that question. So first of all, um, with, with the new trust, um, as, you, as you quite rightly pointed out, if there's a uh, realised profit, then it has to be distributed. And an example of that is, say, say you started, you know, with $100 million, it goes up to be worth $150 million. So the whole portfolio is turned over. So there's a $50 million profit. Well, you know, with that $150 million that was invested, you might have only got... I say a three or four percent fully franked yield on that. So that means if that was the case, then six, you know, say it's you know, six million dollars, say it's four percent, so six million dollars would have been franked because you just flow through the franking, and the other fifty million that would have to be distributed would be so it'd be six million is fully franked, and the other, you know, the other uh, 44 million that would be distributed would be a distribution which you'd um, you know, pay tax on at your marginal rate. So, um, yeah, it's not like a company where we pay tax in the company and then we um, it's dividends we receive plus taxes paid and then pay it, pay that out. So that's how that works. Now, if, if hypothetically there was no um, profit in the year, then there's no distribution. And if there's franking, then unfortunately that franking in that year is lost if there's no distribution. So that, that, that's how trusts work. I mean, the good, the interesting thing is there's there's positives and negatives for LICs and there's positive and negatives for trusts. Thank you, Jeff. Another question probably for you. Is this open to retail investors or just wholesale investors? Yeah, no, it's it's open to all investors, yeah, retail and wholesale. Um, yeah, we'll we'll be emailing out a uh, a prospectus. Well, sorry, well, it's it's a it's not a prospectus. It's a um, PDS. Uh, PDS. Yeah, P, yeah, PDS. Yeah, that's right. Dis yeah, is it public disclosure? Oh, anyway, product disclosure. Product disclosure document or something like that. Um, yeah, so we'll be emailing that out. Um, yeah, so, who, yeah, and you, you just fill that in. And actually, Camilla, I'm pretty sure you, you can do that online, can't you? Yes, you can apply online and you can also read the PDS online. 
Yeah, so that'll all be emailed out to our shareholder base. Thanks, Jeff. Probably another one for you now from Steve. He's asked, what are the fees on both the lick and the trust? Yeah, very similar. The um, what, what are the exact fees on the... Uh, I just haven't got the PDS in front of me on the... On the lick, I know it's one point. Isn't it one point oh five? And yeah, you know, in terms of management fee, what is it? What can, has someone got the exact numbers there? Yeah, I think you're right, Jeff. I have to get the exact number, but it's it pretty well replicates. But it's yeah, yes, there's slightly yeah. difference because of the GST. I think yeah, it's one and twenty, but yeah. the difference is the GST. Yes, it's one percent management fee, twenty percent performance fee. So effectively. A, 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 as whether you're investing in the LIC or in the trust, it's effectively the same net fee, is my understanding. Yes. Thanks, Jeff. This one is from Sterling. He says, will the trust distributions comprise of dividends only or capital gains and dividends? Broadly, it's like if you invest in any trust, it's like any trust distribution statement, which... Um, you know, we'll have a combination. It'll be it'll be realised profits. Um, if if any's if you know, it'll be realised profits. Uh, it could, there could be some capital gains in there, and the and there'll be some franking in there. Thanks, Jeff. Matt, maybe you can answer this one. What is the capacity of the large cap strategy? <clears throat> Um, again, a very good question. I mean, the, the way we look at it um, with the, the turnover of the portfolio and, you know, we've done a bit of modelling this. John and myself have done some modelling on this. And, you know, we don't think there is really an upward limit on the fund, but, like, you know, our modelling suggests we could get to five, six billion um, with, you know, minimal um, friction, I guess you could call it. And then it's actually scalable beyond that um, just based off turnover. So... Um, Capacity-wise, yeah, we don't think we'll have to be in um, hitting the ceiling anytime soon on that. It's, it's, it's worth remembering that although we invest in the ASX 200, the vast majority of our investments are in the ASX 50, and even more so, they're skewed towards the ASX 20. So, um, when it comes to being able to allocate and um, trade our portfolio, uh, we see no prohibitors until we get much larger. Thanks, John. Thanks, Matt. This one is from Aaron. He said, why would one invest in the trust over the lick if they're just mirrored? Well, it, the, the, I mean, the answer there is if you, if you buy the lick at the moment, then you're actually paying a premium to NTA. So, you know, you're buying a dollar of assets for a dollar eight or a dollar nine and you're, and you're getting a dollar of assets. When the trust, you know, you're getting in, you're getting, buying a dollar of assets and you're getting it at a dollar. Uh, so that's... Yeah, that, that's that's one pointer. Yeah, and I, I just add to that, Jeff, too. Like with financial planners, um, you know, the feedback we had on the road shows, like over the years, over the seven years of uh, history, is um, they like us, but um, you know, with the liquidity. So if you if you buy the lick, and you know, a financial planner might have you know a billion dollars of money under management, and they said, I want to allocate, you know, five percent of my money to uh, WAM leaders and they look at the listed investment company, then they look at the, the volume it does every day and they don't invest because they can't get set. Whereas with the trust, they could send us a cheque for $50 million and we invest that uh, the next period. So 
Um, for them, that's why they would invest in the trust, not in the listed investment company, is that liquidity at NTA. Um, they can get access to our strategy at any time they want. Yeah, and also just one thing to remember is, like, some people like trusts. Yeah, some people like the fact that they you know, get the distributions um, on the realised profits. Um, and, you know, with the listed investment company, you know, we've got our profit reserve, but we're, we're paying the dividends over time. Like, say we might have, you know, the... the yeah, in, in the in the listed investment company, say it when say we just you know we're up fifty percent as the example I used the other earlier. Say we we're up fifty percent in a in a twelve month period, and the whole portfolio has been turned over. Well, in the listed investment company, obviously you get it in terms of capital gain to be tax paid, and then you get fully frank dividends over time. In the trust structure, if it was all realised you'd get that 50% return to you um, that year. So it's just a different uh, – to me, it's it's horses for courses. It depends what you as an individual are trying to achieve. Yeah, if you want those fully frank dividends around over time, if if you're – I mean, some people you – know, I, I love the fact that listed investment companies trade at discounts and I love the fact that they trade at premiums because – I think you can do your research and you can work out when to buy it at a discount and um, and sell at a premium. Uh, where some people just like, um, you know, so a number of people like ETFs, you know, because you get it in NTA and get out of NTA. You know, the managed fund is a similar uh, product to that, where you get in at NTA and you get out of NTA. Now, the, the ETF is a trust structure as well. So it has, you know, the various things I'm talking to you about about a, a man, the managed fund exactly applies to an ETF, but it doesn't apply to a company, which is a listed investment company we're talking about. Thanks, Jeff. This one's from Steve. He's asked, should he sell the lick and buy the trust? Well, first of all, we can't give tax. Well, we can't give advice. Yeah, it's only general advice, and, and um, yeah, and and then he's got to work out. Yeah. You know, whether there's a tax event for him and whether, you know, what's more important for him, you know, the fully frank dividend or... You know, so it's 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 a very difficult one to, you know, A, we can't give advice, but, you know, I don't fully know his his position. You know, oh, personally, I'm going to put... Um, you know, I'm going to put $5 million into the, into the trust. So I'll, I'll be in both. So that's, but I, you could argue I've got a vested interest. So um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a good person to ask. Thanks, Jeff. We've got a question from another Jeff. You did touch on this earlier, but if you could go back, have you examined if establishing the trust might shift some funds from the lick and depress the lick share price somewhat? Yeah, no, examined, examined in detail, and and let me, um, you know, just touch on it again is. The we've actually spoken to a lot of the big uh, holders of the LIC, a lot of the big financial planners in the LIC, uh, and and big holders, and alerted them to the fact that the trust is yeah uh, is, is you know the roadshow is coming. We'd love to see them, etc. And since we've been having those conversations, the actual premium to NTA has increased. So it, it actually has had, and the, since it's been public that we're doing it, the premiums increased. As I mentioned, it was 
4.4% when we announced it. You know, we sent the first email out and it's trading, you know, closer to that 8 or 9% now. So it's had, it's had actually no negative impact. If anything, it's had a positive impact. And what you tend to find is that people are in different tax positions. They, they're looking for the fully frank dividends. Um, you know, that tends not to be the case. Uh, and, and the examples I gave um, was, um, you know, Plato, which has, is trading at a 20% premium to NTA, their LIC, and you can invest in their managed fund at, at NTA if you want to. So it, it's had no impact. Um, and I've seen it historically over time, you know, with platinum uh, asset management. You know, you'd think you know, your first thought would be, oh, I'd have a negative impact, but then you've got to think through the, you know, h- how it actually works. Um, and we've been talking to people. Like, we're, we're happy you know, if someone sells you know, stock at an 8 or 9% premium and puts it into the, the uh, managed fund. It's actually, it, it's actually a net benefit for us. Um, now, we're not doing it for that reason. You know, we're doing it because uh, in terms of capacity, you know, the guys, you know, they're a small player in the top 200 um, space and, and probably... Yeah, you know, if you went back, yeah, you know, when leaders set up about seven years ago, if yeah, you know, Matt and Johnny were trying to get access to Combank, the probably the closest they got was, yeah, you know, talk to the um, assistant to the um, HR. Oh, sorry, the, no, the IR person. Yeah, you know, the the assistant there. Uh, and now, yeah, you know, they've been around for a while. Our funds increased. Now they get better access, um, yeah, you know, to management. Uh, and and as we grow. Yeah, we'll get better access, and and the better access, the better information. The better information, yeah, you know, the better performance. Um, to me, that's sort of how it works. Thanks, Jeff. Matt and John, this one's probably for you. It's from George. He said, "Why would you mirror WAM leaders if some of the shares held may be trading closer to your exit valuation, while others, for example, ResMed, would be trading at a better entry value, and you should be buying a higher amount of it at a cheaper price." George, a great observation. Uh, when we say we're going to mirror, there will be an initial period there that there will be some sort of differential as we establish the portfolio. Um, and you're 100% correct. Weightings on the way out versus the way in will be differential. Um, so I think there will be a transition period. How long that will be will determine will be based upon the size of the fund. Um, so there will be a, a transition period, but our aim over the long term, and when we t- say that these funds will be run the same, that is our long-term stance, that they should mirror each other over the long term. But in the short term, there could be some small differences. Thanks, Johnny. Probably stay with you guys. This one is from Stephen. What would the buy-sell differential be? Um, we On the buy-sell spread on the trust, um, 20 basis points is the, um, in the PDS, you'll find that. Um, so that is the buy-sell spread. Thanks, Matt. Jeff, back to you. Is the listed investment company structure still the preferred company of Wilson Asset Management? Oh, I, I just think it's, I mean, the answer is yes. I just think it's exceptional. You know, just an exceptional structure where you can actually buy a dollar worth of assets at, 80 cents, and you can sell it at $1.20 at various points in time. Um, you know, there's nothing, Nothing's changed from that perspective. 
Oh, and and I, like I can give you other, like there's other performance benefits of having closed-end funds as well. Um, but, yeah, you've you've probably heard them before. So, no, still the preferred structure. Thanks, Jeff. Um, another one from Stephen. He says, I feel that a positive pressure on price would help the lick would be achieved with weekly NTAs. It also seems that increased liquidity would also help with weekly NTAs. Can we do this? And who's this? Whose question is this from? This was from Stephen, Jeff. Thanks, Stephen. It's a good question. I know we've held out on more weekly NTAs um, or more regular NTAs because there's been no. You know, I've, well, first of all, what we're we're looking for people to take a long term view when they invest in the in the listed investment companies. So, to me, the more regular NTA, all that does is create more likely for short term trading. Um, the and Matt, can you can you uh, in terms of the NTA? I think there will be some. There's going to be some slight changes to the announcement of the leaders NTA. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. Um, I I think the it would be the fourth of every month the WAM leaders NTA will now come out. So it will be a, the the one advantage of the trust is. The, the listed investment company people will get a more timely NTA. So um, when the trust is launched, your your leader's LIC NTA will be out on the fourth day of the month. And the logic, again, is, you know, the, to me, I, I haven't seen proof that uh, announcing more regular NTAs helps the discounts or the premiums. Uh, and, and what we're trying to do is have people that are, you know, that understand how we manage the money, like when we invest in companies. Now, the company doesn't give us an update on profit every 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 week. Now, when we invest in a company, you know, we're taking a medium-term view and believe they can achieve various things, and that's what we're looking for for shareholders. Like in terms of if people want to trade them, then we're very happy for them to trade them, but we're not going to encourage them to to trade the, you know, to be short-term in and out uh, of the uh, of the vehicles. Thanks, Jeff. This one is from Ian. He says, as the trust doesn't carry a profit reserve over time, will the trust underperform the lick due to the lick benefiting from some partial compounding of that profit tax? Okay. The the broadly the um, to me that's a, that the reason I sort of hesitate for a minute because it, it's a hard one to answer just just simply. Uh, because if if the, the you've got to uh, assume you have various assumptions, like you could have, if if the portfolio or the profits aren't realised, um, it just depends how much how much of the um, dividends paid out in the LIC and how much of the profit is realised in the trust and how much is that's paid out, and then. Like, like hypothetically, if more money was paid out in the trust because of realised profits and the portfolio increases over time, then you would have been better off, as you pointed out, with the compounding um, that some of the profit reserve gives you over time. So it really does depend on how much of the profit is realised or unrealised. So it's, it's just a really hard um, question to answer, but it's, it's a good question. 
I mean, my guess, but okay, because you want an answer. That's why you asked it. My guess would be like how Matt and Johnny and, and, and Anna and Haley manage that portfolio is, you know, they're usually, um, you know, very active. So my guess would be a lot of the profits on an annual basis will be realised. That's my guess. So therefore, the distributions, if the performance of both of them would be the same, the distributions will end up being higher for the trust than the than the listed investment company. And as as equities go up over time, your compounding effect would be better in the listed investment company than the trust. Now that's assuming that you don't redistribute, sorry, reinvest all your money in the trust. If you reinvested all your money in the trust, then the trust would give you the better result. If you reinvested all your money in the company, then because tax has been paid in the company, uh, then you'd, you'd actually be reinvesting a little less money, even though it's fully franked. Now, if you've got that franking, um, you, you, you're franking, um, you know, your fully frank distribution back, uh, your franking credit back, and then invested that, and invested. Yeah, then you'd probably get this, a very similar return to both. If that, sorry if that confuses you, but it's it's just not they're not that simple. Okay, thank you, Jeff. You have touched on this before, but we've had another person ask from George: Will distributions be fully franked? Yeah, on the trust, the distributions won't be fully franked because you know, say say. We start off with 100 million of assets. It goes up to 120 million in the first year. The portfolio is turned over. Say if, if the portfolio is yielding, say let's guess four percent. So therefore, you'll get uh, uh, that 20 million will be distributed to you. Um, and of that 20 million, the you know I said four percent is um, is franked. So that's you know 4.8 million dollars will come as fully franked, if you, if you were the only unit holder in the trust, and the other um, $15.2 million would be a um, would, would be a distribution, which you'd pay tax on at your marginal rate. Thanks, Jeff. Matt and John, will having to manage the trust distract you from managing the LIC? No, like as we said, like it, the, 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 the funds will once they're settled, mirror each other. So it's really a case of when we do something, an order is sent electronically and it will be reflected in both funds. So um, it's really no extra workload for us at all, which is, um, you know, like one of the reasons why we're doing it because we, we wouldn't do anything to upset the um, the listed investment company. So we think it's um, like a non-issue there. Thanks, Matt. Jeff, if you wanted to grow the company, why would you not just do another share purchase plan or a rights issue for WAM leaders? Yeah, I mean, we, we could do both. Um, you know, the, the you know, we, we've just done one recently um, and, you know, the logic is to give WAM leaders, you know, it's gone from, as I said, you know, in the last little period, it's gone from that 4% plus premium to, you know, about 8 or 9% premium. Uh, I mean, the tough thing is you don't want it to get to too big a premium because you know, we've had situations with Wham Capital. You know, it was trading at a thirty percent premium, uh, then 
you know, goes from a 30% premium to a 10% premium and everyone says, what happened? Um, you know, and that's the risk when, you, when you're paying a premium to something. Uh, yeah, it, it is an option. The board of WAM leaders looks at capital management on a, you know, every time we meet. Uh, and there really hasn't, you know, there hasn't been, um, you know, we could do a share purchase plan at some point in time uh, going forward, but um, that isn't on the agenda at the moment. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, we can stick with you for this question. It is, why do you think planners are more interested in a trust structure? I think it's because the, um, of course, you've got to remember the planners are talking to the clients, I mean, some planners just love listed investment companies uh, and, and understand the incredible benefits of them. Um, there's there's another group of planners that, you know, say you put your, you know, say you put someone into the listed investment company, say at a dollar ten. So the share price goes down to a dollar five. It goes to a, a bit of a discount, but the NTA goes from a dollar ten to a dollar twenty five. Yeah, obviously the discounts increased. Um, and then it's hard to tell you, the, the investor, oh, well, look, the manager's done really well. He's up, you know, 14 and a bit percent. But the, the, but the end client of the you know, financial plan is saying, but hold it, I've lost, you know, I've lost five cents a share on my shares or, you know, nearly 5%. So to me, sometimes people like the idea of just getting in an NTA and getting out of NTA. Um, to me, that's sort of the simpler way of doing things. What, you know, I tend to like a little bit more of a challenge, and that's why you know you can you know listen investment companies is probably to me ETFs are the very basic. You're, buy, you're buying in a trust structure, or you know, in and out of NTA, you know, or a managed fund in and out of NTA, where a listed investment company you need you need to you know, use a little bit more skill. Um, so, to me, that's I think that's why the yeah, you know, the difference between the various groups. Thanks, Jeff. This one is for you. It's from for Rose. Can you please ca- clarify the management expense ratio in your listed funds? Yeah, it, well, in WAM leaders, it's it's a one percent management fee, and it's a twenty percent outperformance fee, and it's outperformance of the ASX two hundred, and with the um, yeah, you know, it'll be in the PDS. Yeah, you know, with the PDS, which you'll get in detail. Uh, again, it's a fraction over one percent because it's GST, and a fraction over twenty percent, and it's the same index as the outperformance. Thanks, Jeff. Our next question is: Why do large caps benefit more from scale as opposed to small caps? <clears throat> uh, well, I mean, just, I'll start on the small caps. Small caps. Yeah, to me, there's a level of scale on small caps because you need the flexibility plus you need the size for the information and being the first call for capital raisings. And in small cap land, I mean, we we can get a call a year before, you know, to meet a company and work out whether we want to buy it in the IPO. That's sort of small cap land. And Matt, do you want to, or Johnny, do you want to talk about large cap land? Yeah, large caps is a little bit different where... Quite often, a number of factors outside um, our control being um, flow, quant, macro, whatever it might be, may dictate a share price in the short term. And for us to to take advantage of those short-term arbitrages, you typically need larger size uh, to stand in front of that flow-related impact. So for us, 
that's one benefit of scale. The second one is access, as, as Matt and Jeff has touched on during this call. Um, what we found over time is not only are we now seeing CEO and CFOs, we're also getting chair-level discussions. Uh, again, it changes the dynamic, it changes the quality of the information that we get. So as we become more and more relevant, we can actually agitate for change where we think it's deemed appropriately in those uh, ASX50 companies. Whilst WAM as a group, um, we've always had a presence when it comes to those smaller to mid-cap companies. So it's basically an evolution of that same uh, DNA that we have and just taking it up further up the curve in the ASX. Thanks. This next one is from George. He said, did you consider making the new fund an actively traded ETF? Yeah, like it was, it was, um, yeah, it was considered. It was considered. Uh, yeah, we decided not to. And it was really, um, that came more from, you know, the people that had been, you know, that had been talking to us over the years that wanted, said, hey, you know, I like what you do. And I'd like to get exposure to what you do, and this is how I'd do it. Now, if a lot of people that are on the call are interested in an actively, uh, an actively managed ETF, I email back and <laughs> then we'll then we'll put that in the list of, um, and you know, at some point in time, it might might make sense to do that. Thanks, Jeff. That was actually our last question that we've had come through. So I'll give pass back to you for any closing words. Oh, don't we don't we give everyone a few more minutes? <laughs> Camilla, we can I'll, we can wait. I mean, why don't yeah? Why don't we do that? Actually, why don't we? We'll go to Matt for he can he can he can start summing up and to give everyone a little bit more time for questions. Yeah, I mean, get, yeah. Matt, you start and then I'll I'll finish off and then if there are any more questions, we'll go back to there and then we'll come back. But so yeah. if you've got any more questions, get them in. This is your last chance until the road shows, and we're looking forward to seeing you. The road shows. We start off in Perth. What date do we start off, Camilla? We're starting off in Perth on the 11th. Yeah, on the 11th of October. And then we'll, we're in each capital city, so go to the website and register and um, you can see the song and you know, the, the song and dance in person. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, Jeff, from, from my point of view and probably everyone here, like there's no need to be concerned or alarmed about the trust. Like, you know, we... The listed investment company vehicles are the ones we uh, are firmly behind, and this is really uh, a, a planner-led and a, a few high net wealth-led uh, uh, decision to do the trust. Over many many years, we've been debating around it, so um, it's we only think it will have positive implications for WAM leaders, the listed investment company. So um, there's no need for concern around you know uh, negative implications from doing this trust because. Ultimately, the, the unit holders are going to be two very distinct um, groups of people, and we think overall will benefit, you know, both both ways. Where um, we're going to go and see all these financial planners and talk about listed investment companies. So hopefully, we can bring them, you know, on the journey of um, investing in listed investment companies as well on the other side. So overall, we think the experience will be positive for for everyone. Thanks, Matt. And Ian's coming just in time. Now, Jeff, I know we can't give financial advice, but Ian said, in theory, should I sell my Lick shares at a premium and buy the trust at NTA? I, I, I can't give you advice. Uh, and the, the um, well, I, I'm not doing it. The, it. It really depends on your tax position. 
because you know, obviously, if if, if you don't pay any tax, yeah, you know, then um, then of course, yeah, if something's trading at a premium, then you sell it, uh, and then if you can get it out of NTA, what a great result! Um, but yeah, I, unfortunately, I pay tax and I pay it at the marginal rate. So, and uh, you know, a lot of my Wham leaders shares were bought uh, towards uh, towards the start. So I'd have a reasonable tax bill, bill and I, I'm not that keen on you know, paying tax or bringing my tax payment forward when I'm still happy with the yeah, the, the management, you know, how the guys are managing the portfolio. So um, that's my personal position, but everyone's got their own position. Uh, Camilla, any more, any more questions? Yeah, we just had a couple more. Um, Keith has asked, will there be a minimum investment in the trust? Yeah, there is a minimum. Camilla, what's is that twenty five thousand? Yes, correct. Yeah, twenty five thousand, and then it's it's twenty five thousand minimum, and then it's I think uh, you can add it by five thousands. Is that correct? Um, I've just got the I'm fact sheet. Sure. Up with... I think it's five thousands. Yes, correct. Yep. Yeah. And the Wait. other question. Yeah, so this one is from Sterling. Can you see a situation where the WAM leaders lick investment decisions will adversely affect trust investors? I can't. Matt, um, can you? Because what you've got to remember is the, like, if Matt, Matt or Johnny buy like $10 million worth of BHP and say hypothetically the trust were both, the trust and the company were the same size. Then they'd still buy ten million dollars worth of BHP, and it'll get split five million to the trust and five million to the company. Um, uh, Matt or Johnny, can you think of any instances no. where that would be the case? No, no. Like, and part of our job is to make sure that never happens. Um, so we'd always make sure, you know, one mm-hmm. fund would never benefit over the other. Like everything would be done evenly, and there'd be no situation where it would be a deliberate. Um, unintentional. I don't think I can even think of a situation unintentionally where it would be done. So uh, very safe to say that would not happen. Thank you. Uh, And then we've just got someone else asking for clarification on the management fee. How does it compare to WAM leaders? Yeah. So WAM leaders is a 1% management fee uh, and a 20% performance fee, and that's on the outperformance over the um, ASX 200. Now, has anyone has anyone got PDS in front of them? Can actually, what is the? Uh, you've got a fact sheet there, Camilla. So, what is the exact fee on on um, on the trust? Can you just read that out, please? Yeah, sure. The management fee is one point oh two five percent, and performance is twenty point five. Yeah, and what that what that point two five is is that is the GST that's not refunded. So it's actually the same um, for the um, for, for the LIC as as the management company. The unrefunded costs would be pretty much the same. It's one point oh two five is the management fee for the trust. That's including the unrefunded GST, uh, and that twenty point five is the unrefunded. The point five is the unrefunded GST on the performance fee, and that's again over the all odds. Um, sorry, the uh, over the ASX two hundred, Acume. 
Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Sunny has asked, is there a high watermark and does it reset? Matt, do you just want to go through that? Yeah, so for what we did in uh, WAM Leaders, the listed investment company, is we put in a high watermark. So, and again, that is mirrored across to the trust. So, um, yeah, we have underperformance. That is not... Um, uh, we have to recoup that before we go into performance uh, fee territory. So, um, yeah, that was written in the WAN leaders uh, LIC and that will follow through for the trust as well. So definitely a high watermark there where we'll have to make up losses uh, of previous years before we get to a performance fee uh, stage. Thanks, Matt. Uh, this one's from Gary, a bit more technical. If you buy $25,000 can you then sell some and have a lesser balance than the original $25,000? Good question, Gary. You, you, you definitely can. There is a minimum amount you need to run, though, but I don't have that in front of me. But you can, you're allowed to go under the minimum investment, but there is a, a minimum uh, holding amount that has to be held, but I, we can find that out for you. We can come back to you on that, Gary. Thanks, guys. And, Jeff, that is um, everything that we've got in the question section. That's right. Well, we, we did hold it on a little longer for a few more questions. Yeah. Again, thank you, everyone who at, at short notice has come onto the call. Um, you know, you'll see us all again on the roadshow. Please come along. You know, we'll talk about, you know, this was really just to get everyone to understand the trust because we, a lot of questions, um, a lot of people thinking, oh, you know, how does it impact the, you know, is it good for the, listed a bit, you know, for WAM leaders or is it bad? Um, what we've tried to um, clearly explain to you is actually, if anything, it's it's positive for WAM leaders um, and, and the reasons behind that, we've taken you through that. Uh, so in, when we're on the roadshow, we'll spend more time talking about the view on the market, you know, what we're looking at, what, what you know, what we're worried about, you know, the opportunities that are presenting themselves, yeah, you know, we'll talk about stocks that the guys are buying at the yeah you know, over that period of time and think still have some strong upside. Um, so very yeah, you know, it'll be as I as I mentioned earlier, it's a good one and a half hours in in each capital city. Uh, probably you know, half will be Q and A and half will be um, you know, half will be presentation. Yeah. You know, with talking about markets and and insights from the guys you know, who ac have access to the smartest uh, managers in Australia, you know the top you know, two hundred uh, CEOs. Um, so it, it'll be a really good time. And the good thing is we've actually you know, we've got time after the presentations. Yeah, you know, we've got the presentations. We'll finish them, and then we'll have a lunch, and then we've got uh, additional time after that. So if you want to specifically you know, corner. Um, or chat to you know, Matt, Johnny, myself, um, or any of the other team, you know, then we'll all be there. And looking, looking forward to seeing you. Look, thank you very much for your support. Uh, any more questions, please um, send them in. Remember, you know, the LICs that you're invested in, that they are your company. So any more uh, feedback you've got or ideas, you know, please you know, send them through to us.